Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome back to the podcast. How's it going? We're so excited to talk to you guys about something really practical today. Yeah. And we can't wait to dive in. We're going to be talking about tips for teaching your kids the true meaning of Easter or Resurrection Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to make this real for your kids. And the dads have a big role in that, but so do the moms. It's teamwork, right? Yeah. (laughs) It is teamwork for sure. And there's many things you can do. And we're going to give you really practical insights. And Angie has some really incredible resources to share with you at the end that -hmm. you can go get on your own uh, that we've used over the years, which is great. But just a real quick, we would love, I'm going to be specific today, to help the movement grow. One of the things that gets the podcast out there is written reviews. We would love a written review from you if this or other episodes have been beneficial to you. So please do that. Um, Also, we are giving away a free resource. I just want to get that out real quick. Oh, yeah. It's the Courageous Parenting Workshop, which people are loving. It's about 30 minutes and Mm -hmm. you sign up for it and, you know, we're sharing really solid tips to be a courageous parent in an uncertain world and how and to you raise did a lot of work. Kids. Yeah. You did a lot of work creating the slideshow for that. And so there's, there's a, video, but then there's also that, and they get a free packet too from our parenting program, which is different than the workshop. Yeah. There's a free download just to get a taste of the parenting mentor program, which is the six week online self-paced thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely go to the show notes at courageousparenting.com, hit podcast. And in the show notes for this episode and the last episode, you will see a link to the free workshop. You can get it completely free. So let's dive in. Okay. So as we're talking about Resurrection Sunday and Easter, it's actually more of a season. It's not just a day, although Easter Sunday is a big day that we get to celebrate with our kids, um, remembering what Christ did for us. And we thought that since Easter is coming up, that this would just be a really relevant topic. We want to equip you guys with some ideas, some conversation starters to begin talking and having that discussion. Okay, well, what what is our family vision and how does this actually impact how we celebrate holidays? Mm -hmm. Because holidays are one of the opportunities that we have to create what you've called signature experiences in other podcasts. We talk about um, how to make God real to your kids as a different podcast. You can go listen to that where Isaac talks really in depth about signature experiences and the power that there is in that. But when your kids are little, being able to really engage holidays that the world is celebrating that we celebrate as Christians, but focusing on Christ is actually an opportunity for that. And I would say when they're little, when they're, you know, 12 year olds and they're teenagers. Yeah. Our kids, no matter what age they are, always look forward to this holiday. In fact, this holiday is actually my favorite holiday. Oh, it is. It is more so than Christmas. Kind of should be. 
Kind of makes sense based on what it is. But it's just, it's exciting. And the reason why I was saying it's a season is because you have the opportunity to really be growing spiritually. And there's a lot of different Lent studies that are out there that you can go through with your kids as daily devotionals leading up to Resurrection Sunday. One one of the things that I was thinking about for this episode is it's so easy to get caught up in the consumerism, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. However, and we think we're doing a great job, which I'm not saying you're not, but I think there's more that can be done than what I'm about to say, which is, oh, I took them to the Easter service. Um, We saw play um, talk, you know, about Mm -hmm. the resurrection and so forth. And we had a great meal with family. We prayed for a meal (laughs) and it was a great Easter and we spent time together. Yeah. And and you might be going, Isaac, well, that sounds kind of good. And Mm -hmm. I go, well, it is just kind of good because- who are the God-authorized leaders of those kids? Your kids. You are. And so if they're not getting experiences directly from your mouth and the word of God through you, it's not as powerful as all those other things. Yeah. So I think that one of the things that we want to encourage families in is to really rethink why they do what they do for any holiday, right? Yeah. Why, if you do Easter Bunny, why do you do the Easter Bunny? Is there anything about the Easter Bunny that is like distracting you from the real meaning of Easter or not? Now, I'm not condemning Easter Bunny, but we're going to talk about a lot of um, opportunities, a lot of ideas of things that you can incorporate during this season to really bring the Bible alive, to bring God alive, for the kids to be able to really understand the Mm. true meaning behind this particular holiday, this season, why we're celebrating it, what the true meaning is. And it is a good question for us to ask, like, okay, I can't do everything. What are the most important things that I want to do? And we're not going to tell you that because Actually, we've changed things up a lot over the years, and um, that doesn't mean that we're doing it all like amazing right now. What I mean by that is there can be good in a lot of different traditions that you could choose to do as your family, and that's the fun part. We want to encourage you guys to have fun as parents in choosing like what is it that you want to teach your kids this year? What theme do you want to focus on most this year. And you mentioned signature experiences. Well, is the signature experiences the outcome that they love the Easter egg hunt, which is totally fun. They loved coloring the eggs, which is really cool. Uh-huh. And they loved all the candy and sweets. And that is what they remember. That's what they remember. Is that the signature experience? Or is that stuff, some of that stuff just additive to the real signature experience is, wow, look what Christ did for me. That's right. And wow, he fulfilled these prophecies that are in the Old Testament. He is the Savior. I mean, there are just so many opportunities. So as you guys, as we're talking, we don't want you guys to be feeling any condemnation because there isn't any here. Um, If you have done Easter eggs, we actually do Easter eggs Mm -hmm. every year. But I try to bring a deeper meaning to it. And we read a book called The Legend of the Easter Egg. And we talk to our kids about how Jesus sprung forth from the tomb on Resurrection Sunday, kind of like how a chick hatches from an egg. So I think it's an an intentionality. Right. And and what you were talking about is avoiding the distractions that take away from the meaning and the signature Right. So don't just do like Easter eggs. 
try to bring some meaning to the Easter egg, right? Like yeah. for us, we use resurrection eggs, which I'll be sharing more about that a little bit later. And if you're watching the video, I I'm gonna, I have a lot of resources that I'm going to be sharing with you guys today. So by the way, um, I love you video watchers. It is awesome. So I know we're not <laughs> that entertaining, but we do show some things once in a while. So if you want to actually see what the we're resources, talking about, yes. then now on iTunes, there's a video version of the podcast. Which is really cool. So, Okay. So first thing that we want to talk about is this. The, the reality of consumerism that is surrounding all holidays. Mm -hmm. You guys know that stores just start flooding their shelves with holiday stuff months and months oh, yeah. beforehand. Yep. And that the consumerism around the holidays really can become a distraction from the true meaning. And so I think that a good question to ask your kids when you're talking about any holiday whether it's Christmas or Easter, mm -hmm. um, is what do you think we are really celebrating? Mm, Ask your kids because that's actually going to tell you if they're getting it or not. What did they get from last year? So before you lead them in understanding what it is, Ask them, them and find out what is in their hearts and minds about Easter. I think that's one of the most important things because you might be surprised that some of your kids go, oh, jelly beans mm -hmm. or Easter basket or... Um, getting a new Easter dress. Now, all of those, they're not bad things. We're not condemning those things. But like no. Isaac said before, those are those should be additive, fun things. Oh. Like I remember growing up <laughs> and getting an Easter dress every year, yeah. which was so much fun I as a little girl. I loved the egg hunt. And so for, for me, like that was actually something I, I passed on and I still did with the girls when they were little. We, mm -hmm. They would get a e special dress for yeah. Easter. And that's a memory that they'll have. Yeah. But it was, I also brought meaning to it by sharing with the kids, you know what? This is an extra special day. It just is special because of what Jesus did. So we want to dress our best to celebrate him. Kind of mm -hmm. like when you go to a birthday party, a 50th birthday party for somebody, mm -hmm. you're not just going to show up in your jeans or maybe you will, but yeah. it, and it's not an eternal issue. It just makes it fun. And we should not be judging each other about Easter. Okay. So if you have a conviction in a certain thing you do, you shouldn't expect everyone around you to do the same thing. Yeah. But I think what we all should expect as Christians is that we're making God real to our kids. That's right. And the way at which you do that is, that's what's so fun about being a parent. You, you get, get to be creative. Decide. Yeah. And so anyway, we're excited to dive in and talk about this, but you have a verse that you were going to share with them. Well, in Romans, so we'll just talk about it. Romans 14, it just talks about, you know, not creating division around issues that are not theologically difference makers. Right. And so They're how not... you celebrate Easter, whether you do eggs or not, is not a theology discussion. Right. It's, you know, if they have Easter egg baskets with gifts and you want to make it fun and have tradition, that's not a bad thing. Right. It, it's not a bad thing. It's it's a matter of being able to decipher between indisputable issues and disputable issues. Yeah. And doing those things, giving your kids a gift, for example, isn't a, isn't a disputable issue that should create division between two families that are brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. However, like, you know, the concept of making it all focused on that yeah. would be it would be wise for those who are more spiritually mature to have patience with those who are weaker, which yeah. is what that chapter talks about. Yeah. But 
but also that as iron sharpens iron, when we're in community with one another, we should be able to challenge one another and be like, hey, what are your Easter family traditions? What do you do to make God real to your kids? What do you do to talk to them about the resurrection? And like, and to, like you said, spur one another on as iron sharpens iron. And I just want to just remember that your pastors are probably doing a great job. Um, They probably put a lot of work into the Easter message, but just remember that Easter message in most churches is for people that don't really believe in God. A lot of times that the focus is to help people come to know God. Mm -hmm. And so that can be good for your kids. Don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but I would just bring some more to it. Be prepared in addition to what your pastor brings. And yeah, I think that's and just really be important. aware of where your kids are at in their own spiritual maturity journey because mm-hmm. every kid is a different age and they've, you know, they're all on their own journey too. So having that open dialogue, we talk about not creating mm-hmm. a religious culture in your home and being able to know where your kids are. For us, like we have a lot of resources that we've used over the years, but it's not like I went out and I bought them all in one year. They're like, hey, what are those resources? Get to it. Come on. No, but seriously, like (laughs) knowing where your kids are, do they need a new Bible? Right. Easter is a good time for us to be able to actually bless our kids with a new Bible if they have outgrown the little kid. A little little more mature one, yeah. Exactly. And so that's kind of what we've done. We don't necessarily do, we didn't do Easter Bunny, but I would get the kids a gift that was like, oh, here's a journaling Bible. Here's some journaling pens for your Bible. Here's a bookmark. Those are great ideas. I love that. And so the next point we want to talk about is establish part of your family vision around holidays. You know, Mm -hmm. what is your family vision for holidays, especially Easter? Mm -hmm. And the scripture in Joshua, what is it? Joshua 24, 15, at the end of it, it says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so that is a commitment we should all make in our families. Mm -hmm. It's right there in Joshua. And that's super important. So what have we been convicted of over the years, honey? Well, I think that when we first started out as parents, we just kind of did what the culture did. The Christian culture is yeah. what I mean. We just did what maybe what I grew up with because I was raised in a Christian home mm-hmm. and we didn't. And it was just, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. We didn't really think about it. And then we started going, well, why do we do this? Mm-hmm. And so we want to ask you guys, why do you do the traditions you do? And I'm not asking that in a judging or condemning way Mm -hmm. but in a good kind of way that's like oh what we have here is this is actually really good like you may be convicted about some things when you're listening to us today and go you know what we just don't have enough purpose in that now i would encourage you 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 may not have to get rid of doing um easter eggs but maybe you're challenged to bring more intentionality to it right and so just knowing your why behind it is so so important and you don't have to spend a lot of money like there's no. a lot of things you can do where you don't spend any money like for or example, very little money. Yeah. Like even for us, one of the things we were convicted about years ago was not calling it Easter, but calling it Resurrection Sunday. That doesn't cost anything. Right. You know, and that we are just saying happy Resurrection Sunday. So in our conversations, it's about the resurrection. It's about the resurrection. It's about the resurrection. Good word choice is powerful. Right. And we've talked a lot in this podcast about using a biblical vocabulary. And that is just one example of how you can do that. And, and also like, you know, for us, we are not, um, going to a traditional Lutheran church or Catholic church or Baptist church in a sense, because we're not, Lutheran or Baptist or non-denominational. We're non-denominational. But those churches oftentimes will have what they call Holy Week, Uh where they have like a Monday, Thursday service or a Good Friday service and things like that. And so for us, Mm. like we look at that and we're like, wow, they're really being reverent, Mm -hmm. actually. And there's a good element to that that we can incorporate with our kids 
as far as like focusing more heavily on the death and resurrection of Jesus throughout that week prior to it. Oh, right? Yeah. And so I think that it's important that, and we don't do it in a legalistic way. You make it fun. Yeah. It's an opportunity to teach your kids about God. Why wouldn't you do it? Right. Right. And leading up to it, one of the great things you can do that we do is watching the passion. Yeah. That's been really good because that is really focused on the cross part and just a little bit about the resurrection at the very end. Yeah, it's, but it it's really, really focused gives on the real, sacrifice. The sacrifice. Yeah. So it really mm-hmm. gives that if there's no pain, we don't know what God actually did for us. We have no need for us. We have no need. Right. And so really helping the kids understand that. And if you have little kids, there's cartoon versions. Yeah. they And people may not actually know about the cartoon version. I actually have it here with me. And I'll show you for those of you who are watching. It's the animated passion for the whole family that was made by Nest Family. And I know that you can find this on Amazon. I actually bought this at Target when I was looking for gifts for our family one year. And it was like three bucks. But it is totally appropriate it's not scary and what's cool is that the first version of the video is about the death and then the second video that's on here's about the resurrection so you can watch one of them on like good friday which is yeah. what we've done with our kid little kids yeah and then on sunday they can watch the he is risen one that's right and so it's just kind of like a fun extra thing that you can do and then our older kids we actually watch the passion with them it's yeah, kind of the, like a tradition the mel gibson produced version yes so and and you know what when it comes to things that may not be biblically accurate or that have used, um, you know, just publishing creativity license in a way that gives you an opportunity to talk to your kids about what the Bible actually says. Yeah. And so we've used that as a teaching tool in that regard. But another thing that we were convicted of years ago was just, um, you know, making sure that what we're teaching our kids is it's not based upon what we actually know like we have to be learning ourselves in Mm -hmm. order to be passing things on to our kids at least that was for me like when um i had this idea years ago that i wanted to do like a a communion passover with the kids on the night when jesus had done it with his 12 disciples well she's gotten really creative and that has caused me to lead in some really interesting ways (laughs) (laughs) yeah when i like hand you a book and go, honey, let's do a Seder this year. That was awesome. You remind me what a Seder is again? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) No. So we have just, we've had such a blast. So we're going to start sharing some of those things that we've done with our kids. But I want to just encourage you not to become overwhelmed as we share some of these things. And also I want to remind you, we've been married for 19 and a half years. And so I didn't like go out and buy everything all at once. This is something that we've collected resources over the years. Um, And I do have quite a hefty pile this is actually only half of it but one thing that i would encourage the moms in is to be frugal and thrifty to be looking for these things for at Mm -hmm. garage sales or at like salvation armies over the over the years um because you can find stuff for super super cheap and also like you know could you choose to not do easter eggs and not buy the dye and not buy the eggs this year but instead buy resurrection eggs Now, one of the things that's really important is that you use scripture coming from your mouth. And the reason that's Mm -hmm. important is because, yeah, watching the Passion of the Christ, these things. But if they don't hear from you, you have the greatest influence with them. So why wouldn't the person or people that have the greatest influence on the kids be speaking scripture directly to them in a relevant way to what they know about Mm -hmm. their kids and where their kids are at? One of those that's so great to read is 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. Uh, For I delivered to you, first of all, 
that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. Mm-hmm. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to, to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born of due time. So, how many people, after Jesus rose again, saw Jesus? Well, you could read that to them, and ahead of it, you could go, okay, I want you guys to count as I read this. How many people saw Jesus? And you can get like a close number from reading this, but it's over 500. We know that. Mm-hmm. And it's somewhere between five, 600, maybe even larger than that. So, you definitely, is that compelling for their faith? Oh, 100%. And it brings the Bible to life. And so I think that this particular holiday, if you will call it that, gives us such a huge opportunity to be able to bring mm-hmm. this to life in a way that the kids are going to remember their whole lives mm-hmm. and potentially even leave that legacy where they take some of the traditions that maybe we've done and they do them with their kids, which is super exciting. Yeah. And um, I just think that we have this great opportunity. Why would we want to miss out on it? I want to share another verse here that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. That's actually, um, this is really cool, you guys. Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. Since you truly are unleavened, for indeed Christ, our Passover, calling him our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, mm-hmm. not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice or wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And you know, it's so cool as we were studying Jewish feasts yeah. and holidays, yeah. one of the things that we learned was that spring cleaning actually comes from this particular passage of scripture and the Jewish people, the Israelites it all comes continuing from the Bible, doesn't it? this. Yeah. And so there we went through a few years ago, I actually focused on spring cleaning like a few weeks before Easter and we like cleaned out and everything. And we were able to talk to the kids about how yeast rises and spreads kind of like how sin does. And there are just so many ways that you can actually make biblical truths, biblical vocabulary, very real to your kids. You can even do an experiment like Megan, our mm-hmm. daughter, did yeast fermentation as yeah. her science fair project. Oh, yeah. And so, like, you can do those little projects in mason jars even to show your kids how yeast grows and yeah. and why, why we're getting rid of it. It's symbolic of getting rid of sin and fleeing from that. And, you know, so there are just so many things. That doesn't even cost anything. And the reason uh, this scripture is here is because as you mentioned, sin is represented as leaven. Yes. And so we have to have no leaven in our bread and so forth. Which is and what this within is talking the body. About. Right? But really it's symbolism of let's make sure there's no sin within us as Christians. Right. And so that's this is a time to audit ourselves too, perhaps. Right. And look at that. And talk about and what talk is about sin it with mean. our kids. Yeah. And then for them to understand that what they're doing with their physical hands as they're cleaning the house or they're cleaning out the yeah. pantry is actually symbolic of, and they can be reflective while they're doing that. And to see that w- what are we like as we're doing this, the few mm-hmm. weeks leading up to the Passover meal, oh, yeah. where Jesus took communion with his 12 disciples. And we have scripture passages that talk to us about not being in sin or or in offense with another person before we take communion. There's just so many ways that you could actually 
teach, just pick a year and teach on a different topic. Now, we're just going to take a moment. I want you to hear from someone that went through the Parenting Mentor Program. This is transforming families and their legacies forever when they implement what's in the six-week online curriculum. It's really an experience, and but it's self-paced and easy to consume. Mm-hmm. And so let's listen right now. Hi, we're the full ones. I'm Steve. I'm Julianne. I'm Amelia, age seven. And I'm Amelia, age four. In 2019, Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. We were lacking discipline and self-control and needed a change. And the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program was God's answer to that. God is the foundation of the teachings that the program provides, and it has really given us the encouragement to be bold and to persevere through the struggles of parenting in today's world. Wow, we so appreciate what people share about the parenting it's really program humbling. and yeah. what's happening, what God is doing through it. So if you're interested in that, definitely yeah. check it out at courageousparenting.com. Cool. So um, let's but, talk more about signature experiences. Let's do that. Okay. So I'm going to share some resources with you because I do believe that these kind of help you to create the signature experience. Okay. Um, one of the things that we have done over the years is we've had a traditional say- Seder with the kids, which is so much fun, you guys. Um, I've actually written on this at CourageousMom.com, and you can find the posts there. I will put them, I'll, I'll just change the date so that you can see them right away. There's recipes on the website of fun recipes that our kids all love, like the Haro set. Yeah which is an apple salad and you cut the apple pieces so that they look like the bricks that the you know the Egyptians had the Hebrews yeah. enslaved by them and they were making bricks and building pyramids right mm. and so you talk about the symbolism in each dish as you're doing a traditional seder right yeah. and um it can be so powerful. Like you've got the hard boiled egg, which represents Pharaoh's hardened heart. You've got the lamb, which represents Jesus Christ. You've got the bitter herbs. It's, that it's just a yeah. great, it's a fun way for you to dig in your word and share mm-hmm. scripture with kids while they're eating the bitter root. And they're like, ew. ew. It's salty. <laughs> or the horseradish, yeah, right? It's and, fun. Yeah. And, you know, over the years, this has been one of our kids' favorites called The Secret Seder. It's just a story of a family actually during the Holocaust um, that is trying to secretively experience their Seder because they were hiding from yeah. the Nazis. And so you're teaching your kids about history. History, too. Yeah. Um, you know, we've used, I love these. I don't know if you guys have seen these. They're by Rose Publishing, but they have these little um, pamphlets that kind of fold out. They're laminated. But this one talks about all of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled with his mm. death and resurrection with the scripture verses. And you can go through and every day, like as your Bible, family Bible time, you could just do one of these a day for like 30 days up to Easter if by, you wanted by to. By the way, if you're listening and not watching, first of all, you should go watch and get the other <laughs> podcast. But um, we're going to put all of these in CourageousParenting.com, yeah. hit podcast. There'll be a link to every resource Angie's talking about because I know people are probably like, what was that right. again? <laughs> and for those of you guys who have kids that are like, just learning to read, I would encourage you to go out and try to find some, these are arch books, but I know that a reason for reading.com mm-hmm. sells um, stories that they can read that are 
early readers that this one is about Jesus washing Peter's feet. And then you could even do a ceremonial washing of feet, which we did with some friends before we did the Passover meal with them. And that was really cool because you talked to the kids, you read them the scripture about Jesus washing their feet and how he said, you cannot be a part of me unless I wash you. And we talk about what that means. And then you and I had a chance to sit down and wash our children's feet and talk about servant leadership. And it was a really powerful, like 40 minutes before we had the Seder meal where we talked about the symbolism. Until you've washed someone's feet for this kind of reason, you don't really understand the power of what it says in scripture about when they wash Jesus' feet. Yeah, it's really neat. And so, or no, when Jesus washed their feet. Jesus washed their feet, yes. (laughs) And how we get to do that for our kids and for people that we're serving. I mean, there's there's readers on the day Jesus died, the week that led to Easter. Mm -hmm. We have many other readers, but I would just encourage you like, if you have a kid that's learning how to read, why not buy those books instead of like a Superman? number one reader mm-hmm. or you know what i mean like let's get them in the word of god and the and in learning and reading it for themselves um we've also used other there are just so many the very first easter story this one i personally like that's by paul mayer because it has scripture verses in here but then it also is a dad teaching his son mm. about the the whole story of the death and resurrection of Jesus with really beautiful illustrations. And there's just so many, I'm not going to share them all with you guys, but I do want to just encourage you. If you have kids that are like maybe two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years old to really go look for resurrection eggs. You can just Google them. And we have used the Benjamin box um, storybook that has, it tells you what egg to open Um, as you're going through the actual story. And so like on this one, you're going to pick the pink egg, you're going to open it up and there's going to be 30 silver pieces that Judas, you know, he gained as you open it up and the kids can hold three little coins in their hand and they know that that was Judas betraying Jesus. And so you go through the entire story with them. And this was something that we do like the whole week leading up to Easter, Mm -hmm. which is all the kids look forward to it. I mean, Solomon was just in here and he's getting into them. One of the things I love is the Passover originally was talked about in the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the, to take the blood of the lamb and put it over the threshold. Um, the spirit told all the um, Israelites that. And this uh, spirit came through and snuffed out um, anyone's kids where the blood wasn't over the threshold. And you can read that in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. What's really cool about that, and you bring this to light and it proves the power of the Bible and how it's one book Mm -hmm. woven together by the Spirit of God, is at the Last Supper, the Passover, uh, Jesus um, was talking about that he is the blood, you know, he's the lamb. Yeah. And the lamb must be sacrificed and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then the next day or a couple days later, what happens? Boom, he's sacrificed and then he rises again. And it's all beautifully woven together and you can share that with your kids i don't have time to go all into it right now in a short podcast yeah but you can easily just read the old testament read the new testament where it talks about Mm -hmm. that bring the bible to life with your kids about the yeah, Passover. because they're, you know, we've talked about this in a previous podcast where there's a huge Christian movement that's like, oh, I'm a New Testament Christian. But there's so much, they're missing out on the power that so is So you're only in, kind of a Christian? No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like to look back at the Old Testament and see the prophecies and see how Jesus fulfilled the prophecies is so powerful. It is something that we all need to know and yeah. realize. And so um, we just think that there is, 
a multitude of ways that you could incorporate Easter and the story of Easter into teaching your kids. Another one I mentioned before was the legend of the Easter egg. And they have it in a toddler size like board book, but they also have it in a nice book. And that is um, just an heirloom. Like I'm hoping to just hold on to these things to be able to use with my grandkids one day. Um, Another book that I want to tell you guys about is by Charles Coulson, Billy Graham, Max Lucada, and Joni Erickson Tata. It's called Christ in Easter, a family celebration of Holy Week. And this is an older book, but I have used this every year with the kids where we it has questions. It has scripture that you read through. It even has an, a song that you can sing with them. Um, and it goes through and it it prepares your heart over the week for the celebration that we celebrate on and you should deliver Sunday. when when it's talking about scripture where uh, Jesus is risen. Mm-hmm. You should be excited about this. Like you should show that to your kids yeah. and exuberant about it. In uh, John 20, 26 through 28, it says, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas mm-hmm. with them. Jesus came and the, the, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, who Thomas is one of the disciples who hadn't seen Jesus after he rose from the dead. And the the others, many of the others already had. Okay, Mm -hmm. so a little context here. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, Mm. but believing. So he literally invited Thomas to stick his finger like into his hand, the hole in his hand and into his side. And kids get a just a kick out of this when you talk to them. They're like, what? Whoa, weird. And wow. Then, yeah. And then, and then here's the response. And Tom, cause Thomas was having unbelief when he first saw. Right. And which is actually, can I just interject yeah. for a second? It's important. We've talked about this, not creating a religious culture, but creating an atmosphere in your home where it's okay for your kids to doubt. Yeah. And so this can actually be really encouraging to them though. Even one of Jesus's own disciples right. was doubting, but that he had faith. And how much more does that encourage us to realize that we should allow kids to doubt so we have those conversations if Thomas doubted? And he walked with Jesus? Come on. (laughs) And so, and Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And when you tell your kids this... It's like, wow, Wow. look at your faith. And you haven't even seen Jesus like Thomas did. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. That's exciting. I think that too, you know, when it comes to recounting scripture, that aspect is something that we were kind of pushed into doing once we decided to do a Passover meal the first time. Yeah. And that was actually part of why we did it. Now, I just want to tell you guys like, Every year it looks a little different. Some years we have done like a communion kind of setting, right? Where we're having the meal with the unleavened bread and we focus a lot on communion, like how Jesus did, where there's the washing of the feet beforehand. Mm -hmm. And we kind of reenact that with the kids and we read the scripture to them. And that is a really powerful experience for the kids. And leading up to that, like I've made palm branches with the kids and we've had them hung on the walls and we've done other crafts, right? But then there's also like the Seder, which is a little bit different of an experience where we will write out on note cards the 
the prophecy that is spoken of in the Old Testament and on the back of the note card, how Jesus actually fulfilled that with the scripture. And we've passed those cards to the kids and they've had to read those cards during the actual meal that we're doing. And it's been not just edifying for them and fun, but it's been encouraging us to actually know the prophecies and the fulfillments and to be growing in a spiritual kind of sense, which is good for us as parents. It's been a journey. So all of this knowledge and information, again, 19 years of marriage, we have eight kids. Just take one or two things. Like literally, if you just were more intentional and called it Resurrection Sunday and taught why we're calling it Resurrection Sunday, you're doing great. Yeah. And if you take one, maybe you take two and then things the next and add year, another thing. Yeah. yeah. And every year just build upon it. Like, And for us, the first year that we did a Passover meal, um, or I think it was a Seder meal, we didn't invite other people because I was just so overwhelmed and I, w- I wanted to make it so special. So we had the wine glasses out, which we do every year. We try to mm-hmm. make it very special, um, but not in a legalistic kind of way. We're, we don't want to be irreverent mm-hmm. because this is a tr- Jewish traditional holiday. Um, But we also don't want to become so legalistic that we have to have every portion of the meal in a perfect kind of way to where it becomes stressful. Right. And so you need, you know yourself best and you know what is going to make it stressful. Mm -hmm. And so I would challenge the women out there to really um, start out with three dishes. Don't do nine. Right. And make it fun with your kids. Make unleavened bread for the first time this year. Um, There are tons of recipes on the, on the web and, we found some that we just really love and we'll share those on the website as well. But um, another thing for the Seder dish and it, that we've enjoyed is um, doing the hard boiled eggs and then we color them. And those are what we have on the table. So you can still do like your coloring of eggs, but then that is part it's of your useful. Passover meal because yeah. then you talk about the hardened heart of Pharaoh and everybody likes a hard boiled egg. And so there are ways I just want you to be creative and challenge you. Like I didn't get these from a book. I just kind of thought about it and came up with ideas. And so I would just encourage you to make it fun and ask your kids for ideas, because I think that idea was actually one of our kids um, using those colored eggs for that portion. Um, Another thing that we've done over the years is outreach, which I think is really, really powerful. And so we have had people that we didn't know well that worked for you that came and joined us for a Passover meal. We've had multiple families from our church come because they were curious what we were doing and they wanted to continue that tradition on as a family in their own home. And so we've had like four or five families at one time. Um, And it's been fun to see the dads leading, but also to incorporate the kids and ask them questions and to see what parts of the Bible they really know. Um, And then we've also had family. Yeah. And we've had close friends and it's it's an exciting, fun opportunity to just engage during this week. You can also get books and DVDs. We've got a slew of books that we've bought over the years. Um, and so there's just a lot of different ideas that you can engage. And if you want more people to understand how to do Resurrection Sunday well, then mm-hmm. share this episode and we appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and 
the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.